Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 10 of Maker's Viewpoint. I'm joined, as always, by Chris from Toolify. Hey, everybody. And Justin from You Can Make That. Hey, guys. Yeah, so we have a pretty cool, interesting topic today. We're going to be talking a little bit about how we brainstorm, where our ideas come from. But first, let's go around and discuss what we've been up to. So how about you, Chris? What you've been up to? Cool. Uh, so this weekend, I actually taught a woodworking seminar, a uh, seminar at Lee Valley. So that's a tool store up in Canada. And uh, I guess this, uh, this guy that I've purchased a lot of my tools from, uh, he got to know me and eventually found out uh, through some other customers that there's this guy on the internet that has all these festival things and he <laughs> makes videos. So, you know, after a few months or maybe a year or so, he uh, caught on to the fact that I was posting videos. I didn't want to tell him. I wanted to see how long it would take for that uh, circle to close without me saying anything. But anyway, long story short, um, a few months ago, he asked me if I was interested to teach a seminar because he, he happens to be the seminar coordinator for that retail location. And uh, they, I mean, they basically bring in guest instructors uh, all the time. Sometimes they'll have employees from the store doing workshops like how to sharpen your plane blades. That's a really common one. But, you know, all, all sorts of people um, go through there. Uh, and, and it sort of happened very, uh, quite spontaneously, but I, I got the opportunity to teach a class and I said, yeah, I'll, uh, I actually taught, taught a class that was making my DIY adjustable router template. That's my most popular video on YouTube. And uh, it was six people. We went through, uh, well, we, we got some plywood and cut it up. I got to use a saw stop for the first time. That was fun, uh, being being not too comfortable around table saws. I was in good hands there with all the people pointing out, yeah, yeah, so here's the crosscut sled. This is how you do this and that. It so worked out well. First impressions, right, because I, I know you're not too big of a fan of table saws in general. First impressions um, on that big cabinet saw, were you, were you nervous at first? And then once you started doing it, did you get more relaxed? Or were you going into it like all right, I can do this. I'm, I'm chill about it. Yeah, I, I was going into it pretty relaxed. Uh, I, I guess in the last couple years of being on YouTube and watching more videos from all of the people making things, I've gained, albeit no practical hands-on experience, I've gained, I feel, a lot of theoretical, uh, like, theoretical advice and how to use... Uh, table saw safely, that kind of thing, uh, not to cross-cut things freehand, if you will. Mm -hmm. So not don't cut something uh, wider than it is long, long if that makes yeah. sense. It's If it's a uh, rectangle, yeah. right? That's why I always think yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. If, have it always, like, have it uh, be a tall rectangle rather than not a, wide a wide rectangle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so made it through okay. I mean, it was it was interesting. So the the session was supposed to be uh, seven hours. Ended up going a bit over time. That is because 
funny story we I was expecting and we had previously looked at the material that would be available it was these nice small uh, it's hard to show this in video but you know smallish rectangular panels of plywood uh, they were some scraps uh, that weren't going to be used but they were all pre-cut and would have been ready to go everyone in the class gets a panel and that's enough material to make this template it doesn't use a lot of material um, but I, I show up there in the morning Saturday morning and and uh, we, we realize oh shoot somebody must have used those panels so what, where my plan was uh, to start the seminar and be like hey guys we're gonna get hands-on with this right away I'm going to talk just a little bit, some safety stuff, but then we're going to get right into the table saw, start sanding the parts, get people active, uh, because when I go to classes, I don't like sitting down and listening. It turned into, well, uh, so the seminar starts at 9.30, the store that sells the plywood opens at 10, so <laughs> can you like talk for like 45 minutes, an hour, just so like, you know, until I go, uh, the, the, the person was going to help me go uh, grab the material. Um, it worked out in the end. I actually brought along some of my projects, some of my other projects, uh, just to have available to, to talk about uh, d demo in case there was a need to fill time. And uh, that came in handy. Like I have this hex nut, I have a whole drilling jig, miscellaneous stuff like that. It was an interesting class. A lot of, let's say, more more experienced woodworkers, if that is the right way to describe them, uh, that, that's, that is naturally the demographic that is attracted to this kind of class workshop type thing. And they all, they all knew of you going into it? or No, or actually, like... no. Uh, they were, nobody had actually uh, known of my YouTube channel in that, in that session. So I chose for this, for this one strategically to not advertise it to within my uh, online community because I wanted to see what kind of response would come just from having this uh, advertised through the store. And it turned out that it, 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 it sold out uh, with, the, with this one. So now I've actually scheduled uh, two more seminars in the fall. They'll be the same thing. I'll be That's a little really more cool. organized and I'll probably throw up some uh, some heads up notice for people that might be in the area and also do uh, happen to watch some of my videos. It's hard That's to, awesome. it's really hard to, to, to get that kind of geographic targeting with a YouTube video because you put it out there and okay, a few hundred people might see it, but then how many are, you live in your area and can actually make it out to such a thing. Yeah, but yeah. it is what it is. Well, congrats! That sounds really cool. Sounds like you had a great time. That's that's actually really cool. It was a lot more fun than I expected. Yeah, always, uh... Actually, I, I I thought I would find it really tiring and stressful, but obviously the subject matter um, of woodworking is something I'm comfortable with. So it was fairly easy to just speak on the spot and make and, and do things because I, I probably should have done a little more preparation, but at the end of the day, everything worked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you can go back for another one. I've now you know. <laughs>
Yeah. I've always wanted to do that, though. I've always wanted to teach a class or do something like that. I think that would be really fun. That sounds... It sounds like... I don't know. I think it's such a cool opportunity to be able to do that because I think you probably learned just as much as they did by the feedback and yeah, I mean, maybe not, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, just no, like no, talking absolutely. to other like highly experienced people and just you know even though you're instructing the class, I think you still probably learn a lot. Yeah. I mean, when I say highly experienced, I mean th- th- there was a mix, and some people had been doing it longer. Uh, in terms yeah. of the woodworking specifically, but when I say highly experienced, that's that's my polite way of saying everyone was significantly older than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got that, Chris, from working at Woodcraft. That those were the those are the class. Some classes were young people, and then there was definitely the more experienced woodworkers. That's the way we put it. <laughs> it's, it was the exact same. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right, uh, Justin. I actually. I should wrap that up and close out by saying that's pretty much all I've been able to do over the last week. So uh, I'm set to probably make some YouTube content tomorrow, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop there because I'm not quite sure what I'm going to make. <laughs> but Justin, what have you been up to over the last uh, week or so? Uh, it's been pretty packed, um, not building-wise, <laughs> school-wise. Um, I just finished up my finals. I graduate nice. um, the day, I, oh, I was going to say this one, um, I graduate the Friday, um, so June 9th, that's the day I graduate high school, and then I'll be off, finally, free summer. Um, I do have a bunch of projects filmed, I just need to edit and release them. Um, one of them, I'm debating on releasing, it was a total failed project, it was trying to carve a tiki pole with only using a hatchet, and I spent about three hours at it and then got super pissed off and then went to the store and bought my $40 little angle grinder disc and just totally finished it in like an hour. Um, I filmed it all from like GoPro point of view and I definitely did talk to the camera at some points, but I was more pissed off doing it than I think I want to show in YouTube videos. I don't know if people want to watch that, so I might not release that one. Um, I do have a video coming up that I'll be building cornhole boards. Um, uh, I'm going to build some quick cornhole if, if you guys don't know what cornhole is right it's like two boards with a hole on each end and you stand farther back and you toss almost like bean bags into them um i'm building two ones and i'm custom painting them to be my school colors and and have their logo decals on them uh and then i need to get a lot of stuff cleaned up in the garage and finished up my x carve is fully assembled but the wiring has not been put on god for over two months and it needs to get wired up um a lot of stuff, small things that need to do that. Um, I right now I have a bunch of family in uh, for graduation. That's why I'm filming in my dad's office right now. Um, I know Devin asked that in the comments. Um, <laughs> I'll be back in my normal boring area next next episode. <laughs> but um, but no, actually I'll take it back. I won't be. Um, I finished up my drafting table finally. So after a full year of building it in school. It's all done. It's been put in my room. I mounted studio monitors to it and everything, and that's probably going to be a bunch of series videos of me doing small like add-ons to it. The table itself is all complete, but because it's always going to be at an angle, all my stuff that's on it, I want it to be flat. So my studio monitors that I use for speakers, I'm going to mount. I'm going to create these wood mounts that can clamp on at any angle and pivot at up and down, but the actual speaker can stand perfectly upright and have a little platform. Stuff like that, like maybe a pencil holder, same thing that can clip on. I don't know, small videos that are going to be kind of artsy, 
lathe projects. Um, mostly that's what they're going to be, I think, but small little things. But it'll, it'll be a different view, finally. You won't see that annoying tan wall behind me. <laughs> nothing nothing too new. But that's that uh, graduating, if, if you're anything like me, it's going to be the best day ever. Oh, I'm so I pumped stand for high school. I, yeah, we've talked about this. I, it's not like, I can't stand it. I love the people I'm with. My old high school, I did not like the people um, too much. I mean, I had very close friends out of high school, and they're going to be listening to this podcast, and they're totally going to give me crap for that. Um, but, no, I was very close to some people at that old high school, but overall my high school experience has been much better at this one besides some of the um, minor setbacks just school-wise in general. Academic-wise, I hate it. People-wise, I enjoy it. And I'm so done and ready to move on and go to college and just be done with this whole area <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm in. And finally, yeah. I can start doing I what tell I would you, like to what do. The, yeah. the best feeling ever for me, and I think we're actually going to do a podcast coming up about this like whole like idolistic type of schooling that we would love to have or whatever, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the best part for me about it is like you'll be you'll be out like doing something in the middle of the day and then like you'll see kids and you'll be like, Shouldn't they be in school? And then you'll look at your phone and it'll be like three thirty and you'll be like, Oh oh, they just got out and you're like <laughs> I haven't had to be there all day. Exactly. <laughs> like oh, I have like, that now. So this know, it's whole gonna week, start happening and you're gonna be like This whole yeah. week I totally felt like an old man because uh so so my school doesn't get out till June ninth. And that's the same day we graduate, but seniors have this whole week off, basically. So it's like grad practice at certain times. So I didn't have to go. In, I only went in for school today. I only had to go in for not even an hour. And it was basically like a briefing of what we're going to be doing for graduation. And then yesterday on Monday, um, <laughs> it was so I was telling my dad this. I'm like, yeah, I went to school. I went to woodshop, finished up my drafting table, glued up some things, went home. Stayed at home for like two hours, went back to school, s- sanded it, stained it, went home, went back to school, picked it up, and went home. And my dad's like, yeah, that's what college is going to be like. <laughs> and I'm like, I like it. It's nice. You can, It's on your own time. You have very laid back classes. And that's what the cool thing is. I mean, yeah, most generic colleges, right, you're going to have normal classes. But the one I'm going to, it's, it's specific classes for what I would like to be doing. So it's not even going to be work for me. It's just going to be enjoyable, which is going to be fun. But I totally see it, Dylan. Like, I'm driving around me being my old man, like, downtown, and I see these kids, I'm like, should you be in school? Like, exactly what you just said. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's four. What's wrong? Yeah. It's a Monday at four o'clock. So that that concludes what I've been up to. Dylan, what about you? Do you want to continue? I mean, I think you have a little bit to talk about, but last episode we were talking about your van idea, and I think you said you have possibilities for that, so if you want to talk about that. Um... Yeah, so finally finished up this mid-century modern coat rack. I don't know if possibly we've talked about this in the in the podcast, but I finished it a really long time ago and then lost a bunch of the footage, so I had to remake it or remake at least the first section of it to complete the video, which is like the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. I've since bought like 50 SD cards so that I never have to do this again. Yeah, so ha- what happened with it? Was it like you said you lost the SD card or is it you accidentally taped over it? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. So the way that I generally do things, I've talked about this a little bit, but I fill an SD card up. I wait till the end of a project after the video is completely finished and then I delete everything on the card. Once the video is like 
exported and up. This time we had like three or four projects going and I didn't have enough SD cards to do that so I transferred some of the video to an external drive to keep it there until I was able to finish the, pro the other three projects that I was doing at the same time. So I finished everything up and I come back to it and then like literally an entire SD card's worth of footage is gone. Oh, and I have no idea what happened. I'm assuming what happened is I just thought that I put it on there. At least that's what I hope it is. I thought I put it on there and I didn't. Because I remember transferring a lot of stuff. I hope it wasn't like an actual computer issue. I don't think it was. But anyway, yeah, so I had to re-record a bunch of it, which sucked because it was a sponsor build, and uh, so I put it back like several months before I could get back to it to re-record stuff. But uh, stuff happens, and it's out, and people seem to be enjoying it, so it turned out pretty good. But uh, yeah, so at the very end of the podcast last week, I talked a little bit about like this cool idea I had and so what we ended up talking about in the after show is that I've had this idea for a little bit of well I've had it for like several years but it's just now becoming like sort of reality and a possibility of getting a van and converting it into more or less a camper tiny house whatever you want to really call it um, and either a at the very beginning just having it to do trips locally and do trips for like events and stuff and then but then eventually take it on like a six month road trip across like the entire United States and live out of it and uh, like maybe take tools with us and make stuff along the way at different creators shops or just in random places well I've fallen in love with this idea I've had it for a while but like and it's nothing new people have done it but uh, I don't know, like, when I get something like this stuck in my head, I cannot get rid of it. So, literally, this entire past week, I've been looking for vans, like, non-stop looking for vans. I think I've been to every single van within, like, a, every single dealer within, like, 100 miles of here. I've been searching for used stuff, but the problem is, is finding, like, finding a van that's not new, so that it doesn't cost, like, $30,000, and finding, but finding one that's used and not like 200,000 miles. It's really difficult to find the cargo vans like that because most people buy them like as a business car and then they just run them till they die and then they buy new ones. So it's been pretty darn difficult finding one, but I just found one today actually. <laughs> and uh, and it's something that I've It's not it's not ideal, but I think the sacrifices of it are are far outweighed by the conveniences. So I'm looking at a I'm now looking at one it's called a Ford Transit Connect. So it's a small van, but it's got a higher roof than your standard small SUV. And uh it's really small. I think the cargo space area is like six and a half ish feet long and it's like five and a half feet wide. So it's like the size of a full bed maybe or something like that. But my thoughts here are is to make modular boxes that can go in and out and be taken in and out really fast. And basically I can take it around, I can take the back seats out uh, and put in these boxes within like an hour and have like a full blown camper setup that I could take anywhere. And the good thing about this one is that 
it would be my daily driver. So it's small enough to be a daily driver. It gets 30 miles to the gallon, which is crazy. That's twice as good as my current car gets. And, uh, and it's small, so I could park it anywhere. The downside, obviously, is the space. You don't have near as much space, but I kind of like the idea of having a real design challenge to make a super highly functional space where every single square inch matters and try to like get as most as much out of the the cargo space as possible and so sort of the plan here is is to make a series of videos about building this out and sell plans for the inserts that i'm going to have because they're going to be inserts and there should be made to where pretty much you could use them with any car any suv any cargo van anything and I think that'll be a really cool concept and, and a good introduction to to this. I'm going to call it a lifestyle. It's not going to be a lifestyle at first, but it could be in the future. It'd be a good introduction to us. And if we really, really like it, then we'll sell this and go to something even bigger that would be more sustainable, like for that six-month to a year or more trip. But yeah, I think I found it today. Like, I'm ready to buy it. I <laughs> might buy it tomorrow or the next day. I'm going to get all the all the checks done on it. i got to get uh, with the banker and the insurance people and get all that figured out and all that. And I'm doing, I'm doing all that tomorrow. So next podcast, I might have a van. I'm, <laughs> you can I'm title pretty, it Dylan I'm pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty bad at, like... Well, it's a really good thing in my opinion, but a lot of people think it's bad of being just super spontaneous of like when I have an idea, I just like need to make it happen or else I lose my mind over it. So yeah, this is like literally a week ago. I said I really wanted to do this and now I might be buying a van so, tomorrow. So Dylan, I think that's a perfect segue into this topic. When you said you have an idea, you just want to jump on it. Uh, what? It, I Basically... It, one of the one of the things we were going to talk about in this podcast today is how do you brainstorm or or how do you get your ideas in general? So, Dylan, because you're already talking about your your van idea, I think we should start with you. How do you get your okay. ideas? So, I'll say this: where my inspiration comes from, first of all, and then I'll answer the second part, which is how do I brainstorm after that? Because mm-hmm. I like to get inspiration, and then I like to brainstorm uh, what it is. I could do to make that idea better or that inspiration better. So most of my inspiration comes from social media or just walking around in the uh, walking around different stores and different things like that. So as far as woodworking goes, most of my inspiration comes from watching other YouTubers build things, going into furniture stores and uh, like things such as Pinterest, right? And also, I get a lot of inspiration from my clients. A lot of my clients come up with really great ideas and I'm able to sort of bring to life through them and through their ideas and sort of develop them into something. And uh, so that's the majority of where I get my inspiration. As far as where I get things for inspiration, like this crazy, uh, crazy idea of getting a van, Well, this has sort of been ongoing for a year and a half or two. I kind of follow 
several people that live full time in a van and have a really good living and get to basically be wherever they want, whenever they want in the country. And their back doorstep could be Yosemite or it could be New York. And I am so fascinated by that concept and I have been for a really long time. And I'm finally getting to an area where I have a semi-steady income that doesn't require me to physically be at a location. Uh, now with AdSense and plan sales, that sort of idea is starting to make sense. And so that's kind of how it came full circle to now. You know, sort of, honestly, we're like, at one point we're just like, wow, I, you know, I realized what my income was and I was looking at the numbers and I was like, I'm doing pretty well and I'm not even having to, you know, commit time at a physical location for, you know, what's continually coming in. And that's not a lot of money at all, but it, it kind of gave me the idea of like, well, what, what could I do with this? You know, I have, I now have enough money coming in to where I can spend extra time thinking about things more or less, um, brainstorming. And that's where this idea came from. And yeah, I like to jump on things. I like to just make stuff happen, kind of live by this motto almost of, you know, you can't worry about what possible future problems you're going to have. You just have to just trust your instincts and just go for things every once in a while and just figure it out along the way. And uh, the more you think about things, the longer it's going to take and the greater the possibility that you're going to talk yourself out of actually doing what you think you would really enjoy doing. Because if if I were to sit down and I was to list all the 50 reasons why I shouldn't do this about like, what if, what if tomorrow YouTube AdSense just dropped out and I, or I, I broke my arm and I, you know, couldn't really build much of anything for two months, you know, stuff like that. You know, I, I can't make money right now or, or I, or I get the van and the van gets totaled next week. Some guy hits me and the van's totaled next week. You know, all those things are, are possible. But think about, like, all the wonderful things that come along and be associated with actually having that van. You know, I could more or less work from anywhere I wanted to. I could be anywhere I wanted to be. I could save a ridiculous amount of money. Justin and I were talking about this before the podcast, and I was kind of going through the numbers of, I think I could easily save $100 a month in just in gas with this van versus my current car that I drive. And then any trip that we go on, we won't need hotels. So say we go to Atlanta for the weekend for an event, that's gonna cost us like $500 pretty easily in hotels and uh, like really fast will cost $500 in a hotel. Well, we just saved $500 because we had this van. But then also on top of that, we saved $100 in gas getting there. So I'm sort of looking at this van as, you know, of how I can make it work and honestly how how I can make it profitable, you know, maybe by making the plan sales for it, maybe making an ebook about converting a van or, you know, figuring out all these ways to make those possible future problems smaller i guess um so yeah that's that's where my ideas come from i know i did a tangent there about that but i'm super hyped about this and i'm i'm like <laughs> i'm so excited to see where this goes and see 
I don't know. I'm just super excited about it. I think it'd be really fun to have, and and I think I can do it in such a way where it's not going to affect me in too much of a not a negative way, but it won't it won't mitigate the amount of things I'm able to do and stuff. But yeah, so that's it. And then as far as brainstorming, how I brainstorm, I brainstorm by continuously looking at things that inspire me, regardless if they're pertaining to what it is I'm doing. So let's say I'm, I, I need to build a, a dining table for somebody. Well, I could go on Pinterest and I could look at a thousand things on dining tables. And, uh, and generally speaking, that's kind of what I'll do. And then I'll stop and then I'll design the table on SketchUp. And then I'll look at it and I'll be like, okay, that's pretty cool. Or no, I can't stand it. And then I'll go to sleep that night and the whole, <laughs> this is why I don't sleep at all. The whole night I'll be thinking and then like about to be asleep thinking and I'm like, oh, I got an idea. And I'll grab my computer and I'll get up and I'll like start looking more stuff. And, and that's sort of how my brain works, which is really a terrible way, honestly. But I get uh, most of my ideas at night in bed spontaneously. And it's mostly due to just like a continuous forced amount of like inspiring things. I don't do well of just like sitting down, looking at a wall, trying to think of things. Nothing really comes to me. Honestly, a lot of times I like to just get out. Like I'll just go in the car and just start driving. and Or like I'll go to a a furniture store or the mall or like anywhere and I'll just get out and just go and do like normal day stuff and just have it in the back of my mind and I'll see something like even as small as you know a clothing design or idea of of colors or something and I'm like wow oh wow that would make a really good symmetry for this table and that's the way I that's the way I usually brainstorm that's usually the way things come to me I don't like I said, I don't do well of just the sitting down, like, listing out ideas, thinking about it, <coughs> or even sketching them. I can't stand to sketch anything. When I sketch stuff, I just feel like I'm wasting time because I feel like I can, like, process the image in my brain much faster than I can put it on paper. And I'm pretty good at visualizing things already, so I tend to not even sketch stuff. Yeah. That... <laughs> I guess that answers it for me. What about, what about you, Chris? Um, yeah, I can I can relate to that. Um, I mean, I do I do a lot of the things that you said too. Where uh, Pinterest for inspiration, uh, absolutely. Like, well, okay. Let 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 me back up. Um, what when I'm really starting to think about a project, like. Uh, to think about the idea of a project, uh, then I will um, try to find. So I, I like solving challenges. I like solving things that people haven't solved yet. So I'll try to. Uh, an, uh, an example of one of those things is like uh, that I feel really connected with is the uh, how to make a hex nut, so a female thread in a piece of wood, that was really uh, some, something exciting. So I, I'd put something like that in my mind and then I will try to design like a brute force, and, and this is just sitting down thinking, what is the brute force way to get this done? Like how would the 
best robot machine in the world accomplish that task. Um, so I'll go and put something together, like, uh, this isn't physical, this is just imagination. Put something together that usually tends to be super complex, but kind of sort of maybe does that task. Uh, and then once once I'm once I'm at that stage, I'll have this idea on the the long to-do list, which says all these things that maybe I one day want to make. And then I let it leave it from there. At some point, um, again, uh, re relating to something you said, Dylan, like uh, most of my ideas, that that epiphany moment, that breakthrough. Uh, will come when I'm just in bed and uh, right before I fall asleep it'll be like oh yeah well that's how I can do that and then I'll get up uh, really anxiously grab a piece of paper sketch it out as best as I can hope that in the morning when I wake up I still can sort of decode my drawing and figure out what I what I meant there I've had moments where I, I that process doesn't quite work out and that's super annoying like when you write something down and you don't know what you've meant or like <laughs> it's the worst yeah um, I feel that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I've Let also me ask had, you this yeah so I know you you make a lot of like really original ideas and sort of like inventions and stuff and I want I was wondering this because most of my ideas unless they're for a client are either purely need-based or there's something that just like popped into my brain of like oh that would be really fun to build so with your inventions are you brainstorming for ideas for inventions or are you brainstorming how to solve a problem that popped into your head I, I guess I do both like I, I, I can separate my brainstorming into uh, the two pieces well I, I would call Brainstorming is what I would call coming up with that list of ideas of projects to make and those are quite high level and it's it's just just like an arbitrary uh, idea uh, so yeah it's like a, uh, a, a let's say a wooden thread or like uh, a router template or, or whatever, it'll be trying to make a tool because I, I, for some reason, tend to like making tools uh, <laughs> or, or things like that. Uh, j just because I, it's more like I want to make, that I want to make something that I will be really excited to show to someone. That's how I approach those things. Um, and it especially gets me when I see somebody on online post um, a challenge, post a talk about a challenge that they're having, like they're trying to cut a work piece uh, out in a certain way. Like my box joint jig, for example, came about because somebody, um, yeah, not quite. That, well. But but still, that's that's when I really get that um, hunger to 
get the content class. published and make the video when so, when when somebody says or or, or I learn about an, a problem that they're facing and I have a solution for them that's when I'm like yeah that's really cool I can actually help someone and then I get really excited to uh, document it explain how to do it uh, like build it or make it um, and they can go ahead and do that. Yeah, sorry, a losing train of thought. But so so that <laughs> that that's like one part brainstorming. Then the other part is what I would call problem solving, which is there's this vague high level idea of something that would be able to do this task, but then how is that really going to look? mechanically or um, like really diving into the details there so it's it's true that I'm not I, I actually and it's funny you say this like I I have a really hard time um, like to, 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 to you it might look like well okay you're making those complex jigs and uh, as you called them inventions but it, to, to me when somebody makes like a table and it's like this it, it really looks like something something like a table not not like only a table but a piece of furniture that really is artistic and there's there's so much originality in furniture right like uh, designs um, and stuff sure there's 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 a lot of inspiration but then when you take all of it and put it together combine a lot of different ideas into one that is really interesting to me, but I, I, I'm not good at that. I'm only good at solving technical challenges because the artistic part of my brain is not developed. <laughs> I think that's the best way that I can describe that. So that's uh, that's kind of how it is I, I my English teacher in high school said that I am the most linear thinker that he has ever met so I will take that as a pseudo compliment <laughs> that's pretty funny actually <laughs> um, though I guess it's my turn now um, how do I brainstorm or where do I, I think I'll start off with where do I get my ideas from um, YouTube has always been a huge help. Um, I don't usually go up and search stuff like... <clears throat> I usually get ideas by f stumbling across videos that I didn't realize were on there. Um, I would say a lot of my inspiration comes from channels like Nighthawk and Light, Nighthawk and, Light uh, and the older King of Random videos and... All that stuff, right, where this guy would take PVC pipe and readily available stuff and turn it into these coolest things, and which would get my creative juices kind of flowing, right? And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to go Home Depot and I'm going to pick some of these stuff up, but how could I make it so it's cheaper? Usually, I would always try to make it cheaper and easier. Um, Chris, kind of like what you were saying is yeah, when you want to go and document how you did a certain project because if a friend asked you how you did it or something like that or asked you to do something, that was very similar to my, my pocket hole jig. Um, I made it, never thought I would ever make a video on it. I just posted a picture on Facebook and I got way too many questions on it. So I'm like, here, I'll just make a video of it. And I kind of liked doing that. Um, and, and 
lo and behold, YouTube, just poof, now my channel. Um, but getting ideas, um, like I said, stumbling across videos, um, just going to stores if I'm walking with family or we're at a furniture store and my parents are like, oh, this is awesome, uh, but it's way overpriced or something like that, it gets my, my, my brain turning like well i could make this for a lot cheaper or i could i could go ahead and redesign this and make it a lot cooler or it might not even be cheaper it just might be the fact that it would be better quality and i'm not saying uh, my stuff is way better than a furniture grade i'm saying it's like i could build it out of a better material than what it's made out of um but how do i brainstorm i'm i'm much more i'm gonna go start a project jump right into it do it and then as i'm doing it kind of draw out quick things um what would be an example of this uh if i'm doing like set pieces and set designing if i have to present it to another person or someone higher up or someone who's paying me to do it obviously i'm going to draw out really nice plans and stuff for them um but most of the time i'll give them a very 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 rough sketch of this is what i'm going to do and as i go about it i'll do it and i'll take my notes as i'm doing it i'm not going to go to I, I've never been a fan of SketchUp. I'll, I won't go to SketchUp, design my whole thing ahead of time, have a cut list, which I'm sure is, in other ways, a better way of doing it, having a cut list so I'm not wasting wood. Um, but I'm the type of person that'll get a sheet of plywood and just cut out all my pieces kind of like Tetris just by looking at it. I think I work better by doing that without going ahead and planning it out ahead of time. Um, I'll make a list of the stuff I need. Like, if I'm running to Home Depot, um, I'm not... Usually it's while I'm there. I'll, I'll be like, okay, I got my main things I remembered, and then I'll just go down the list of, in my head, what I need, and I'll physically start typing it out on my phone. Um, and then when I get back home, I'll start adding that list of, okay, well, now that I have these, what part of, what part do I want to do first? Um, what's going to take the longest? And, oh, if I need to glue something up, then I can glue it up first and then do stuff in the meantime. But I never really plan it out with a physical... Um, like spreadsheet or timeline it's just i just do it i usually just do it but like i said client work is going to be different yes i'll make a whole spreadsheet of like these are the times i'm going to work these are the from this day to this day i'm going to get this done um but most of the time and very rarely am i doing client work it's just overall building in general i just do it i'm much more into jumping right into it my friends know me for <laughs> for for doing projects like Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be super easy. Oh, we could totally do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's super easy. Let's just jump right into it. And obviously then finding issues with this project halfway through it and then looking back. It's always when you find the first issue, that's when I really stop and look back at it and go, huh, should I have done the list? Should I have prepared yeah. for this? Um, a perfect example of this would be installing a leveling kit on a truck that I just did this weekend. Um no, I did not film a video to it because there would be a lot of swearing, cursing, and issues <laughs> done with it while while um, I did it because it was a total, I want to do it myself. I know I can do it. There's a few videos out on how to do it, but none that are like step-by-step -step exact how to do it. And every shop I brought it to, I wasn't about to spend seven to $800 on having a shop do it um, for a part that I spent 60 bucks on. I think that was a little ridiculous. So me my mindset is like oh yeah come on we can do this weekend come on let's come come on over i've seen youtube videos it looks fairly easy and of course you know you get all these people who by all means know exactly what they're talking about and very close family friends even said do not do it <laughs> you can't do it you don't have the tools for it um which was true um i started out doing it 
and we first thought we snapped a bolt off, a quick little tangent, is there's ball joints, um, right, where it's free-floating and you have a bolt sticking out the bottom, so this whole thing can pivot perfectly. Um, and what I didn't realize at the time was um, that bolt can pivot fully, it's free-spinning, and there's a nut over it. So when I take my, my socket set and I go to crack the nut to, to break the seal, break the old Loctite, um, the whole bolt starts spinning with it, and I'm like, oh, crap, I think I just snapped the bolt, right? Like, clean clean snapped it, so now it's, it's free-spinning. And then you realize, you take it takes about two hours for you to realize what you did, going back through it, and then you realize that, wait, these bolts are free-spinning, so you need to have two pliers, right? One hold the bolt while the other one undoes it. And then it, it took us probably about three and a half hours, four hours to do the one side. So on a truck, you have, you have I'm just doing the front, so I was doing the passenger side first. It took us about four hours to do it. And then once we did it, did it perfectly, um, realized that we would need certain nuts, right? It's not standard sockets that we would have there and random stuff. And then when it came to doing the next side, we got the whole next side done in 45 minutes. Um, so that's always my thought process. Is I like working through my issues. Um, there are some ways on taking a step back and looking at it, but I would much rather jump into it and when the time comes needing to take a step back and looking at it instead of trying to do it before. Dylan, kind of like what you're talking about with your van, looking at all the what ifs and what ifs and what ifs, and I have a lot. I'm, I I have a lot of respect for people that do that, and that's a lot of teachers that do that, and it's because they're honestly trying to make it easier for you before you can get yourself into a lot of trouble, um, not physically, just no. like you know, in in the project. And by I've always been the opposite, always. I always want to jump right into it, right? Whether or not turning out how I want it and having me to do it twice and redo it. But I've always been the one to jump into it. And then when I come into a problem, taking a step back and being like, well, I could do it this way or I can bring it to a shop. And that was the whole thing is while the truck was taken apart in my driveway with one side off, my friend, Anthony, super close, was like, I, do, do you think it's at the point where we need to just bring it to the shop? And he, made, he brought up a very good point is we can either go ahead and keep going and break it and bring, get it to a point where we can't put it back together and drive it out of your driveway or... You can take, just weigh your odds and go with it. And if you break it, then you're screwed and you got to bring it to a shop no matter what. Or you can see if you're successful. And right, that's a very, he, he has a very different, and I think that's why we're such good friends, is he looks at stuff a lot different ways than I do. I, like I said, I'm one to jump right into it. He totally always takes a step back and looks at it, which is good. It's always That's always good to have someone have in your shop, especially with power tools as well. I've had many mishaps where I've almost hurt Let myself me, uh... badly with tools. Let me ask yeah. you this then. Yeah. And uh, when I say this, I'm not saying it as an insult. Yeah. I'm just saying it as like an observation. Yeah. Um, so people like your teachers that tell you things like, you know, uh, you know, tell you all the, this is kind of what I'm getting at. Like people who tell you all the negative, the list of negative things are, you know, one of those possible problems that you could have mm -hmm. with your situation, right? Yeah. If all the people that that's like their first thing that they say to you, right? Yeah. There's no like, oh, that's an awesome idea. Like if they start their sentence off with, what if? Yeah. When you look at those people, and it's not an insult to them because they're obviously happy in what they do. Um, do you see someone who takes risks or do you see someone who lives a very, not maybe not simple life, but very narrow-minded on a path straight not going to veer off it, right? What mm -hmm. I mean, what do you see? That's very good. Overall, and 
and feel free to correct me if you guys feel otherwise, but overall, I, I feel the people that do say that, they don't live a narrow light, like narrow-minded lifestyle, but it's a, they, they play it a lot safer than... Yeah. So yeah, I would think overall they would live a more... I mean, there's there's one person in particular who... Oh, it, that's his job. He always, always to like make you realize what you're doing is is this very strongly opinion he's a very strongly opinionated on one side on having it done his way and and it, it's not it comes across more as it's his way but you take a step back and you realize he has so much more experience than me that he honestly this is like he he just has more experience he's done this for so much longer he knows and i'm not I don't want to come across as, you know, that teen who's just like, oh, I don't care what you say. I'm just going to ignore you. I'm going to do it my way. It's a lot of the times I've, I don't like the weighing those odds. I don't like looking at a project and being like, well, if I, if all these things can go wrong with it, why would I even do it? Because at the end of the day, if I look at it for too long, I'm not going to end up wanting to do it. It just, that's how I am. Like if, for example, my drafting table that I built at school, um, I think it was, <laughs> It would have gotten done way quicker at my house if I made it, um, but would it, have been, would it have been as clean as if I made it at school and had to take so much more steps and precautions and using really, really high-end stainless steel hardware and threaded inserts instead of just, you know, using screws at my house and just countersinking and capping them? Those whole things, right, weighing those odds and, and taking a step back and looking at it from another person's perspective. So, yes, overall, to answer your question, I, I would say people in my mindset or my personal opinion that look at the negatives first well it's hard it's hard to say um what's different like you because you were talking about different types of people when i say it i mean like someone that you're going to just for just to share your idea with them not someone who like you're going to specifically has knowledge my my about that my first oh oh so if they oh oh I thought you were getting at. Like, I just, I mean, exclude people who who know way more about that. Yeah. Than you do. So then, I'm yes. talking about people that you just are sharing your idea. Yeah. So I would at first think that they're super narrow-minded and being like, well, I've always grown up with knowing there's two types of <laughs> two types of people. Um, for example, my dad is a perfect example of the complete opposite end of me, and he always looks at stuff from a very like, needs to get it, it should be done the 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 correct way it should always be done the correct way um uh whether it being with any he he looks at it a lot deeper into the project that's going to be than what i do right so yes to answer your question exactly when i first if i'm going to go to one of my friends and be like look i have this idea um and i start telling them all about it and the first thing they say is well what if this breaks on it and then i'll start coming back we'll be like oh well that you know we could fix it like this and they go well why wouldn't you do it this way then? I'd be like, oh, well, you know, you can, but I was going to do this. And th- then, yes, the first thing that's going to com- come across my mind is, why are you being so narrow-minded? Why can't you just jump right into it? Um, yeah, but uh, also, this I, is, I would say it varies per person. This is what I run into a lot, and that's why I asked you. Because I obviously have very outlandish ideas quite often, like this fan thing. And... I feel that, and a lot of people tell you this, but I feel that, uh, you know, although good advice is great, like, for instance, if I was going to go to someone, and we're just going to use this fan thing as an example here. 
If I was going to go to someone who actually lived in a van for a year and ask them, should I do this? That's good advice, right? Yeah. Go to, go to several, several people who've done that. That's good advice. But to go to someone who's lived in a house their whole life, and I'm not like I'm not saying this in a mean or like offensive way. I just mean has lived in their house the whole life. They've had the same job. They've done the same things. That's not a good person to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people do that, and I've always had a tendency to do that, and I'm finally learning not to because what happens is is that you get all those negatives up front, the very obvious negatives that why do you even need to tell me that? I already knew that. Yeah. Like, for instance, the van thing. What if you break down? What if you break down in Texas? What it's if like I, I obviously down know that. Yeah, like, yeah. You you go, 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 you go, you go to get it fixed. <laughs> exactly. Like, I mean, in this, I just say it because there's so many people who don't do things because they talk to narrow-minded people who, you have, in my for me, I need like personal like reassurance of just like positive vibes because I'm a person who highly analyzes things. I may not seem that way. It may seem that I'm just like real like springy from one idea to the next and I'm like just super excited about like the perfect picture of it. But I'm not like I highly analyze things and I think highly analyze things and most people do. And then you're going to someone to like share a good idea or an idea that you're passionate about, um, and they give you this negative feedback, and that's all they're giving, and it's just like you try to tell them the goods, and they're like, "Yeah, but what? Yeah, but what about this?" And then, you know, there's that, and there's it just keeps you from doing things. So I think yeah. that like people yeah. should definitely, definitely step back away from those people from time to time, yeah. and really look at like what you're passionate about and just do it like just do it like the, there's not that many <laughs> for instance it, i'm gonna like the worst here's the worst possible thing i buy this van the worst i mean literally the worst thing that could probably happen i drive all the way to california and i total the car in california like totally mm -hmm. like completely i have nothing left like i can't go to the to a um repair shop and get it repaired anything I have no money and I totaled the car, right? Yeah. The very that's the very worst thing, right? Like what I mean what what is it's not like your your life's going to end. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you have to call back home and you have to like beg like 15 of your family members if you're not fortunate to have like someone in a position just to fly you home, but if maybe you have to call home and beg like 15 people to get like 20 bucks together right yeah. and you get a ticket and you fly back home yeah okay you claim your insurance money that you got off the car and it's not gonna be as much as the car is worth so now you screwed yourself over out of that guess what you buy a car that's slightly crappier and life moves on yeah you have to just restart where you were at before it's like people think that if the worst and this is when I say that that's like and it sounds terrible but that's like the worst thing that could happen yeah and if you look at the very worst thing that could happen and figure out how to solve that problem none of the rest matters like if, if you have to spend if you have to spend one year of your life recovering 
from the best decision of your life, mm-hmm. the the coolest opportunity, what does that matter? Like yeah. that year that you if that if you hadn't done it in the year you spent just being stagnant and doing whatever it is that you know you normally do and be wishing that you had done that like that's way worse than doing something and failing and having to deal with it for a while you know it's uh people people just over exaggerate things i think it's mainly fear in themselves like portrayed onto your idea because they've had big ideas before but had people get them down or they were down about it themselves and were negative and didn't want to do it um, and were, t- were too scared to do it and then they project that onto other people and you gotta I mean, like I, you have to really watch and see who you're talking I feel to like it's very key to add because to. that'll ruin it'll ruin you I feel like it's very key to add too is that it, there's a difference between just doing it and going on doing it and not thinking of anything but there's a different there's there's another side of being cautious and just doing it right but yeah. and, and I feel like definitely you and me and I feel like Chris you are too um, if we're gonna go jump right into something like I could say personally, this leveling kit, I obviously am not going to start taking apart my truck in the middle of my driveway, not thinking about all the other stuff that could happen with it. I know it. It's in the back of my mind, kind of like what you're saying. But I'm never going to go into a project just not even thinking about any of those. I'll, I'll think about them briefly, but the more I dwell on it, the more I don't want to do it. So I always go into a project if I'm just going to jump into it being cautious about those negatives but i will not let those negatives outweigh the either the cool factor or just the positive it's just it's just understanding risk yeah exactly. it's knowing what your risk that's the main thing you know what your risk are going into it you accept what the risks are and you move forward and once you've accepted them you don't have to worry about them because in the back of their mind you have a solution already you know you have to call home and get 15 people to send you 20 bucks right or you work and do dishes for a week and live on the street and get enough to one week's paycheck to fly back home, right? Yeah. It's not... I'm going to tie this back to woodworking projects. And <laughs> the, no, Sorry. I actually think it's... It, I, th- I do think it's relevant. Um, see, like the whole... Co- being comfortable with taking risks. And Justin, I like what you say in that when you build a project, you jump in and build it. And I feel, um, I feel that I used to be that way. And I feel that after university, uh, the, the, uh, that, that system, that environment trains you to be super like defensive and operate in this, uh, you know, very preventative mode, do all your planning, make sure all the what if cases are covered and in project design for me that translated to uh, well before when I get an idea I would make it uh, prototype real quick like I didn't care if I screwed it up it would just be like quick prototype let's get it sort of working and then iterate and I'm a big Iteration, like I'm a big supporter of iteration. I can't recommend that enough because that is when an idea goes from, oh, it's just like something that's cool and, but not that great to, wow, this is like the best thing ever uh, through those small improvements 
taking the prototype, making like once you have a physical model to work with, because that's essentially what a prototype is, being able to pinpoint the area that can be improved, making a little enhancement, and then continuing to repeat that. Um, formal education school has done the exact opposite for me. And, and I noticed this in myself where I have started paralysis by analysis, where you, you go through all of these scenarios, uh, what if that goes wrong, and but this and but that. So I'm trying, I have to put effort into this now to actively stop myself from going down that path and to say, well, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? Rather than spending like days or weeks or whatever, my project, uh, project to project time is very high. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in this process a lot, a, a lot of, often a lot of the time where I'm trying to get it perfect in design but that's not, I don't like that. It's so much quicker to see, I, t to make improvements once there is a physical thing. And the worst thing that can happen, I really like your perspective on, on this, uh, Dylan, is you're gonna spend a little bit of time, but in time, you're, you're definitely pretty sure you're sa saving time. But, but what it comes down to is you're gonna waste some amount of material in order to get this, to create this prototype, which may not be useful, but it gets you so much more information that much quicker. And it goes the same way for, um, I mean, to, to broaden a little bit, because I just went super focused woodworking, but to broaden, same thing for like, what frustrates me a lot is when somebody is thinking about uh, purchasing some something that they want and they're they're thinking about it for weeks and months and maybe years it's like whether it's a new uh pair of headphones or like a computer or i, I don't know i don't want to i don't mean to make this like take this advice with a grain of salt it's what works for me when you see when you catch yourself and and maybe even a tool right a tool purchase that's probably the best uh, example for for the podcast a tool purchase when you catch yourself going through well is this should i should i do this or not it's another one of those things which is like take a chance on it Give, give it a try, maybe buy a, a less expensive tool to start with and then, uh, you know, upgrade if you, if, if it's appropriate later, if you find out that it's useful to you. But basically, rather than being, again, parallel, paralyzed by an, the analysis, do that thing, take that little risk, and it might be really... Uh, it might, it might have a, a great positive effect. So it, basically, Dylan, what you're doing is you're gonna, you're gonna buy a van and that's, it's not, as, as you explain it, when you really factor in what is the worst thing that can happen, it, you know, it's, it's really not scary at all. And you've done your, 
your analysis, but an appropriate amount of analysis, because as we've seen, this idea went from you know uh, a, a just just a, a small idea to to almost reality really quickly, and and I like that. It frustrates me when I see people taking <laughs> months or years uh, in that process, and and to those people that maybe do identify with what I'm saying, try to try to. Try to think about how much time maybe you you are like sorry not I mean I'm not I, I don't mean to give life advice I'm not I, I don't claim to 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 be perfect in any way whatsoever but it, it's it's just something I've noticed rather than investing that energy into analysis take a risk and put some action into it. You might be surprised. I would have to totally um, agree with that. <laughs> so, uh, I think it's a great stopping point. Yeah, we're gonna yeah wrap up there. I hope that wasn't too too uh, too random, but <laughs> not at all, not at all. I think you summed that up perfectly. <laughs> all right. So you can find the three of us on our respective YouTube channels and social medias. I am under the name Toolify. Uh, toolify.ca uh, I'm Justin Levine or you can make that on YouTube and then any other social media it's just my name Justin Levine Facebook Instagram whatever suits your needs Dylan what about you it's just Woodbrew across the board anywhere you want to look highly recommend as always going to check out the Instagram um, really ramping up production over there or trying to at least this last week has been nothing happening but uh during our projects, we like to give a lot of behind the scenes and tips that don't make it into the videos and just extra little tidbits like, I don't know. Just go over there. You'll figure it out. It's pretty cool, I promise. <laughs> uh, we're going to continue this conversation over in our after show um, about just continuing over about, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, Maybe you talk can come about through. some upcoming project ideas. Exactly. Uh, brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can hear it on our Patreon page um, if you'd like to go support us over there that'd be greatly appreciated um, our top Patreon supporter right now is Devin um, thank you Devin again and I know we but, have a new uh, Patreon right now too who just, oh yeah uh, Laura Comp just just became a Patreon so thank you Laura if you're listening to this appreciate it <laughs> um, but yeah um, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And it really, it really does Laura is us. such an awesome person. Uh, yeah, I was going to, Dylan, go on. I was going to say, yeah, Laura, Laura, Laura's amazing. She's hilarious. Um, but, no, she's, but well, I'll tell you why she's so cool. Because most people, like, so we, Justin and I got a chance to uh, talk with her in, in San Francisco. And she had no idea about the podcast. And so we told her, and she's like, oh, cool. And so most people would be like, oh, cool, and forget about it. Yeah, just right? never never mention it again. <laughs> she went she went home and messaged, messaged me not too long after and was was had a lot of nice words. So thank you, Laura. I greatly appreciate it. You're, you're an awesome person. I, I totally agree. The fact that she went out of her way to, to message you, though, too, I think, was, it just, it, it shows, even, it just shows respect. I, I like that. She, she's a... A warm-hearted person. I like that. Um, no, back to what I was saying, though. Um, uh, 
If you like to support us on Patreon, by all means, you do not have to, but it definitely helps with expenses and stuff for websites and uh, keeping the show running. It definitely helps out. Um, you also, you'll get some perks such as uh, stickers and stuff and, and, uh, and yeah, again, and getting your name mentioned for being top Patreons. So until then, uh, we're going to carry it over to the after show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. The, so much long, for the longest outro yet. The longest outro. I'll, I'll see you guys later. I'll leave that for Dylan. The awkwardness of the <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. See you guys.